As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, how's it going? It is Megan here on the Built to Last show. It has been quite a while. I think it's been a month or so since we have done a solo episode. And I'm looking forward to diving into a topic that I've been working really closely with my business partner on, and it is the law of the founder. And if you didn't know, I have a business partner. Her name is Nikki Nash. And we partnered last summer in 2022 and have been working on uh, building some things together. And one of the areas that she and I have really dialed in are the roles that we play being in partnership together in business. And uh, you know, we were also really excited. We hosted a retreat a few weeks ago here in Florida with five other women business owners. And we spent about an entire day. It was it was the afternoon of day one and the entire morning of day two, really supporting our clients on crafting their vivid visions. Now, the vivid vision is not something that she and I made up. In fact, I'm going to link in the show notes to a book that you can go check out on Amazon. And the name of the book is Vivid Vision. It was written by Cameron Harold. If you don't know Cameron Harold, now, if you are a COO or you are someone who is an operator of other businesses, and like me, um, that's the role that I have played for uh, quite a few years um, behind some other companies. And obviously, I've run my own business as well. But my sweet spot and my genius is really in the operational side of, of companies that are experiencing rapid growth, who have small-ish sized teams. And when I say small, we're talking like 5, 10, 15 team members or so. And um, you know, we were able to... Oh, back to Cameron Harold. So you may know him if you are in that world. You may not know him if you're not. Uh, he has written quite a few books. In fact, I've read, I think I've read all of his books. He's got a book called Meeting Suck. He has a book called Second in Command. He's got a book called Vivid Vision. And I will, I will link Vivid Vision here because it's pertinent to what we're talking about today. So we followed his process for crafting our own vivid vision. And this is also the process that we took our clients through at the retreat. And I'm going to share with you a little bit about the vivid vision, who in your company creates the vivid vision, and then how you use it inside of your company so that you are actually bringing your dreams and your goals and your visions to physical fruition. Uh, so we're going to we're gonna go through that process. Cameron Harold. You know, you might know the company 1-800-GOT-JUNK. He was the COO of that company. He was brought on to be the COO. His best friend was the founder of the company and the CEO. And he brought Cameron Harold on when the company was doing about $6 million a year, I believe. And 
or somewhere around six, maybe it might've been a little less than 6 million, but we'll just say ballpark. It was 6 million. And Cameron was there for a number of years. And while he was with the company, he grew the company from 6 million to 100 million. When the company got to 100 million, Cameron Harold exited the company because he he was he you know, he knows he's not the right fit for taking a company from 100 million up to a billion, let's say. That's not his sweet spot as a COO. So there's a little bit of background on Cameron Harold, the creator of the Vivid Vision. I'm linking to that book so you can go check it out. It's a really easy read. It's a fast read. And if you have not actually developed your own vision and it is not written out and you are uh, the founder of your company, then I would do this in the next couple of weeks. You know, I would actually caution you not to really move forward until you create the vivid vision and it doesn't take a lot of time. I'm going to walk you through that process and share a little bit of behind the scenes of how my business partner, Nikki, and I also led ourselves through that process. So the title of today's episode is who is your founder? Who's the founder of your company? And I want to talk about something called the law of the founder. Now, what does the law of the founder mean? And you may be thinking, well, of course, I'm the founder. I started my business. But sometimes the lines can get really blurred. Maybe you are not super clear on what that role actually entails and what you should be involved with inside of your business and what you shouldn't be involved with inside of your business. If you have a business partner, like I now have a business partner, and you are co-founders, so you're founder and co-founder, or maybe you think of yourselves as co-founders, you think of yourselves as business partners, and it's fun and it's easy and you're making all these decisions together, you still have to decide between the two of you, one of you is the founder and only one of you is the founder and the other person, call them whatever you want, co-founder, COO. That's what Nikki and I have really liked doing. We like to title ourselves as founder and COO or CEO and founder. And that really lends itself to the two of us knowing which specific roles we are playing in our company so that it is experiencing growth at a, at a rate of speed and precision. You may also be someone who started your business and now you have team members on board. And if you've got any kind of leader on your team, just depends on how large of a company you have. If you have leaders on your team or if you're running the team, it's still incredibly important that you decide who the founder is. And it's obviously, it's probably you, but we want to make sure you're playing the right roles and you're not playing the roles that you have no business playing or else it will slow down the growth of your company or or cause it to go backwards or cause your company to completely fold and fail, which is actually something that's very common. So the one of the main reasons why many entrepreneurs fail, and when I say the word fail, uh, I mean like you have to close your business down. That typically can happen as fast as the first one to two years if the founder is not established very early on in the building process. Who's the founder? Well, I'm going to describe that first. If you're listening to this, more than likely it's you. The founder of the business is the architect. The architect is the designer who guides the plan and oversees the plan. The founder is the only person, the sole individual 
who should design the vision and the overall plan for the company. So let's use myself and my business partner, Nikki Nash, as the example. When we first started our business last summer, we had a conversation, I believe, at the beginning of June. We decided we were going to partner together and start a business together. And our next move was to uh, meet each other in person for an entire weekend and map out a program, our vision, map out the launch for the program, the curriculum for the program, the ideal client, all the things. And the very next month, we were going to bring that to the world, market, sell it, launch it, fill it, and then start delivering it. And that's how we were operating uh, from the summertime of 2022 all the way through to the end of the year, and even at the beginning of 2023. And we came together and had a conversation one day, and I actually brought this um, content around the law of the founder to Nikki, and I said, hey, you know, the way that we're operating, it's, it's sort of working, but I think we can really take it to another level. And I said, we're both kind of operating like founders, and a company can't have two founders. It just doesn't work. We really need to establish which one of us is the founder, and typically that's going to be the 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 person who is more of a visionary than the other person. And I knew as soon as I got my hands on the law of the founder, I knew, okay, that's not going to be me in this partnership. That's going to be Nikki because she's far more visionary than I am. It doesn't mean I'm not visionary, but she is more visionary than I am. She has more of the traits and characteristics of someone who is the visionary CEO. And I have a lot of the traits, skills, gifts, um, vision for abilities and geniuses to be in the uh, chief operating officer role. And both are equally important. So when you determine who the founder is in your business, it doesn't diminish the role of anybody else in your company. It doesn't diminish the role of a partner. It doesn't diminish the role of any of the other team members. The key is there can only be one founder. And when we made that distinction and we got really clear on here are, you know, Nikki, you're the founder, here are all of your strengths. And these are the parts of the company that you really should be leading until you're not leading them anymore. Megan, here are your strengths. And these are the areas inside of the company that you should really be leading. Now for a partnership, you know, I don't, I don't think that a I don't think that you can make a business partnership work with very many people. I think it's less, probably you could count it on one hand, anybody in the universe that you could be building a business with. And there are so many things that have to line up. Personality, uh, balance of, of characteristics, traits, skills, strengths, weaknesses, that really has to complement each other. It, it really does have to be a perfect yin and yang. Uh, your belief systems have to line up. Your value systems have to line up. Um, and for me and Nikki, it, it really did. And we had known each other for about seven years before we entered into the partnership. So the founder is the person who should design the vision and overall plan for the company. And once we made this distinction, it's not like we didn't have a vision, but it wasn't as clear as it needed to be. So when I get to the part where I share with you, how do you actually, I'll, I'll share with you just like high level overview. How do you go off and create your vivid vision? When we did that, Nikki did that. I didn't do that. She did that because only one person can actually create the vision and you have to do it in solitude. 
You're not bringing anybody else in to help you craft what that is or to put their input into the vision. It can only come from the founder. So there can only be one founder in the company. You want to make this distinction very early. So I'm so glad that Nikki and I caught this and had this conversation in the you know first six, seven months of us forming a partnership to, together because it's critical to success. It's critical to success. And like I said, it, it doesn't diminish the role of any other partners involved. So what are the three primary roles of the founder in the company? And again, if you're listening to this, more than likely you are the founder. Number one, the first primary role of the founder is to gain clarity of the vision and determine which systems need to be put in place and which objectives need to be put in place to accomplish the vision. This is really important. I mean, you can go do a lot of things before you do this, but you will have much slower growth. And at times you will feel like you are just kind of walking around in circles and some things will sort of work and then other things won't work and you will do a lot of changing your mind. And the second primary role of the founder is to impart the vision clearly to other founders and team members. So using the example of Nikki and myself, Nikki went off. She spent a weekend creating the vivid vision. She spent more time going through that process. Then it's her job to then uh, share that vision with me as the other, as the co-founder, as her co-founder. It's her job to supply me with that vision because now I know how to actually do my job as COO. Uh, the, The founder also needs to share the objectives needed to uh, be met and what systems need to be put in place so that the vision comes to fruition. The third role of the founder is to focus on building the assets and create the plan for the company. What is not the founder's job? This is really important. And uh, this is probably the most important thing because this is actually why so many companies are closing up shop. It's because the founder is too involved in these two specific areas. The first area that the founder should not be involved in in their own company is to take the lead in implementing the action steps necessary to accomplish the vision and the said objective. And the second area the founder should not be involved with in their own company is implementing the systems to get the company running efficiently and smoothly. So it is their job to come up with the vision. It is their job to identify what systems and objectives we need to put in place so that we reach the vision, but it is not their job to take the lead on implementing these systems or implementing the action steps necessary to accomplish the objective. In mine and Nikki's partnership, that is my job as COO. She has the vision. She creates a vision. She's all, you know, my job is to help her stay in visionary creative mode as much as possible, because that is what we need in order to take our company where we want it to go swiftly, smoothly, effectively, efficiently, precisely, and also with a lot of speed. If the founder has his or her head down, implementing action steps to succeed How will he or she know where the company is going and navigate the company course? That person won't know if their head is down in the day-to-day operations all the time. All team members are needed, but it is a deadly mistake for the founder to be in the day-to-day operations 
And this is the single action that leads to the company's demise. The founder really needs to be in the position of asset growth. Asset growth might look like creating other products, writing books, uh, creating other program opportunities, uh, identifying tools, generating proprietary solutions, developing a software program. I have a client who wants to do that in the very near future, and she's in the process of that. Building up cash reserves, that's really important. Promoting savings, creating efficiencies, finding other solutions, uh, developing systems that can be owned by the company and sold to competitors. They, the founder is out building assets and the founder is also out building generational wealth. Uh, if you are constantly the founder in the day-to-day operations of your business, you don't even have the time, the capacity, or the bandwidth to be out building the assets for the company, both personally and professionally, and you don't have time to focus on generational wealth at the same time. You cannot focus on the day-to-day operations of your business as the founder because you can't also focus on generational wealth at the same time. So this is really important. If you are a solopreneur, uh, you are the founder, and it's important that you recognize what your role is, even if you are the solopreneur, And the faster you can get some hands in there to help you with the day-to-day operations, the better. You and your company are both going to benefit that. If you are in a business partnership, whether you have one business partner or you've got multiple businesses with multiple business partners, only one of you can be the founder. If you have not had that conversation and established that and clearly know the roles and responsibilities for each one of you, have that conversation just like Nikki and I did. And it changed the game for us literally in 24 hours. It completely changed the trajectory of our business and the speed at which we are able to grow. Uh, it's 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 been really fascinating. We'll have to come on and do a joint, joint um, episode to share more about that. If you are a founder, if you're the business owner and you've got team, but you're but you are finding yourself in the daily operations with your team, then you need to reevaluate your position as founder. And absolutely, you want to develop your own vivid vision. Remember, I have uh, included in the show notes a link to Cameron Harold's book called Vivid Vision. I did not make it up. But you want to go through that process and then you want to take your team through, you know, share the vivid vision with them. And that's a really good segue because I've mentioned this phrase of vivid vision. Again, I did not create this. So all of the credit. Uh, goes to Cameron Harold, who came up with this. And I don't know if he came up with it or if somebody shared it with him, um, but I highly recommend getting the book because there are, I believe, five examples of vivid visions inside the book. They're about five or six pages long each. I really like that. I love seeing examples because it helps me really wrap my mind around what it is that I'm I'm developing. So I think that you will feel the same way. So I'm going to break down uh, the steps, I just sort of literally set here. We, we taught our clients this at our recent reinvention retreats. And I jotted down on a flip chart paper, you know, basically here's the high level overview of the six phases of developing your vivid vision. So I'm going to share that. 
And then I'm going to share just a couple of key points um, because I really want I really want to encourage you to go and do this. Uh, like literally go like you need to do this in the next week or two. You really need to do it. You need to uh, block off a couple of days, at least one and minimum, but more like two or three and um, in seclusion and go develop your vivid vision. It will change the course of your business. I promise. So the first step in developing your vivid vision is do a mind map. Now we've all been to school. We've had probably all built mind maps when we were kids in school, but essentially you write a circle in the middle of your page and you're going to put the name of your company inside. And then you're going to draw spokes or lines uh, all around that circle. And then the main circle in the middle, and then draw other circles at the ends of those lines and put categories down. And it could be the categories of your business. You could have a category for sales, marketing, finances, operations, programs, fulfillment, clients, culture, values, PR, finances, anything else you want to come up with. And you just start filling it out. You just let your stream of consciousness go and you're doing a mind map. It's important for me to probably go ahead and share with you one of the key points here is that you're developing your vivid vision based on what you see for your company three years out, three years from now, not one year, not two years, not five years, not 10 years, three years. So why not five or 10 years? Not five or 10 years, because for most people, there are very few people who have a crystal clear vision for something five to 10 years from now. So the further out you get, the fuzzier the vision becomes. Also, there's just so many things that we don't know are going to happen in the next five years, the next 10 years. The world could look totally different. Technology could look totally different. You could look totally different. Your business could look totally different five or 10 years from now. So it's a little too far out. One year is not enough. One year does not really make a vision, nor does two. So three is a really solid nice place to develop your vivid vision from. So as you're developing your mind map, you are imagining that I am now three years from from today. So I'm recording this on May the 3rd, 2023. So I would be creating a vivid vision for what the company looks like May the, or just May, 2026, right? So you start with your mind map. You also want to be out in nature when you do this. So you do need at least one full day Uh, uninterrupted, no distractions, which means you have no computer, you have no phone. If you want music, you can have music, but nobody has access to you. You're not checking email. You're not answering client boxers. You're not doing anything but lounging around somewhere in nature, wherever that place is for you. Is it a beach? Is it in the woods? Is it on your front stoop? Is it on your back deck? Do you want to book yourself at a hotel and be outdoors uh, the entire time to do this? Do you want to go to a lake house and you're out on the lake? Uh, Maybe you want to rent a houseboat. Who knows? I might actually, that I would want to do something like that. I'd want to be on a houseboat, but uh, you want to be in nature. You want to get outside of boxed living. You don't want to be indoors cooped up. You certainly don't want to do this inside of your house. I know I said your front stoop, but I would actually recommend that you get far away from your home. Uh, And you're not susceptible to, there's just way too many distractions in all of our homes, whether it's people or it's pets or it's things. So through your vision, 
do it in nature and you start with your mind map and you just let your mind go wherever it goes. Stream of consciousness, don't overthink anything, stay out of the details, stay out of the how. Your vivid vision is not about details. It's about what what do all these areas of my business look like three years from now? What have we accomplished three years from now? What does my team look like three years from now? What does the sales look like three years from now? What do my programs look like three years from now? What do the finances look like three years from now? What does the culture look like three years from now? What is the media saying about this company three years from now? So you want to let yourself go there. You need a half a day to a whole day just to do that part. The next part of the vivid vision is now you take the mind map and you start compiling everything that you wrote on your mind map and you pull it in, put it into bulleted lists. So you take each one of those categories and then you take all the little things that you wrote and you start compiling them in a bulleted list. And you may cross some things off. You may add some things, but you're just making a little bit more sense of your mind map. The third phase is I recommend at that point, walk away from it, maybe for a half a day or a day or a couple of days, then revisit it. Because once you do it like one full day, you may walk away from it. You may sleep at night, come back the next day and have a lot of new, fresh ideas you may want to walk away from it from it for a day or two and then come back, get fresh eyes on it, get a fresh mind on it, get some fresh downloads, and you may take it to a whole nother level. So step three is review it again. And then step four is copyright it out. And you'll see this when you get the book Vivid Vision. Your Vivid Vision is a couple of pages long. And if you're a great copywriter, you can write it out yourself and you're writing it in uh, present tense as though you are three years into the future and you're already there. So you write it from the perspective that we're in May of 2026. You write it from that place. You can actually have a copywriter do it for you. You hand over all your mind maps and your bulleted list. They take it and then they copyright it for you using your language, but just they make it sound really vivid. And then you've got a written copy. A key point here, you have to have a written copy. Okay, your vivid vision is not a vision when it's in your head because nobody else knows what's in your head. I work with a lot of founders. I work with a lot of CEOs of who are running seven and multiple seven-figure companies and they have teams. And probably the biggest problem is the CEO. And I, I don't say that to be mean or ugly or derogatory, but the CEOs in their minds, they are exceptionally clear on their vision because they're thinking about their vision every single day. And To a degree, they are articulating it to their team, but they're not actually doing a good job of that. And they then fall into this place of thinking that their team members are mind readers. They think their team does know what the vision is. And I'm here to tell you, coming from someone who works with CEOs and founders and their teams, and I have been someone who was on a hypergrowth team and for a hypergrowth company years ago, your team does not know what your vision is. They may have a very vague idea of the direction you're going and what you're all about, but they do not actually know what your vision is. Now, think about that. In order for your COO or anybody in the operations category, anybody back of house, anybody front of house, anybody on your team, in order for them to do an exceptional A-player job, to know what to do, and to move things forward smoothly, effectively, and efficiently, they don't know what to do unless they have your vision. Even someone like me who uh, goes behind the scenes and reshapes operations and systems and processes and teams, as someone who is currently the COO of a company, 
I wouldn't know what to do. Even though I can do this in my sleep, I don't know what to do unless I have your vivid vision. You can tell me what you like and what you dislike all day long, but I can't actually come in and truly help you without this. So your team cannot read your mind. And oftentimes we have these unnecessary, unruly expectations of our team members, but yet we haven't followed through on our job as founder. And the most important job as founder is to create that vision and share it in writing with our teams. And that's a key point as well. You have to share the vivid vision in writing. And that's phase five of the vivid vision process. Share the vision in writing with all of your stakeholders. Share it with your team in writing. Give them a physical copy, print it out, mail it to them if you have to. You can give it to all of your existing clients. You can give it to all of your existing vendors because one of the reasons why, another reason, another reason why you want to hand your vivid vision in writing to all these stakeholders is because their job The job of your team, just like my job as COO with my partner, Nikki, who is CEO, she's the founder. My job is not only to make the vision happen, but it's actually to make the vision even better. Your team is also visionary. They may not be as visionary as you. They may not have the same vision as you, but you do want to have people on your team who also are somewhat visionary. And our role behind the scenes is to take your vision and expand the vision. It's to blow your mind. It's to be even more creative and more imaginative and take your vision to a place that that you couldn't even think of. But we need that from you in order to be able to do that very well, very effectively. So phase five of the vision vision process, share it with others in writing. And then the last phase is reverse engineer. You literally just take the vivid vision. So your vivid vision is written as if you were standing in time three years out, and you just simply reverse engineer it. Your team absolutely needs this in order to move any forward, in order to grow your company, in order to grow the assets of the company, in order to make more revenue, more income, and serve more clients and have a bigger impact. Your team has to function around 90-day goals, and they have to function around projects and plans and timelines. You don't necessarily need to as the founder, but in order for your team to do the job that they are there to do, that you desire for them to do really, really well at an A player level, they have to have that. Where do we create 90-day goals from? Where are we creating project plans and timelines? Where are we deciding what the roles and responsibilities and accountabilities and outcomes of our team members are? It's all coming from the vivid vision or else it's changing all the time. And that's why we're not moving forward any faster, more effectively, or more efficiently. So some of the key points, I'm going to repeat a few of these. Your vivid vision is three years out. Make sure when you're developing it, you are out in nature, away from home, no distractions, no interruptions, no technology. Write about what you see three years from now in the categories such as sales, marketing, clients, PR, finances, what people are saying about you, operations, programs, fulfillment, team, culture, values, so on and so forth. Write it out. It has to be fully written out uh, like a almost like a letter in a way and share it with your team. They need to have a physical copy. You can share it with your clients. You can share it with any other stakeholders. 
You can share it with your board of directors. You can even share it with vendors, contractors that are working with you. Everybody should have it who has anything to do with your company. Create your 90-day goals from there because your team has to have that in order to create their project plans and timelines and milestones. This is a key thing that I also want to share. Leave out the details. Leave out the how-to. The vivid vision is just the picture of what the company looks like three years down the line. Three years from now, what does it look like? You are not thinking about, nor are you including in the vivid vision, details. There are no details. You are not incorporating how to get there. That's what your team is for. That's what the next three years is for. That's why you're putting the right people in the right seats. That's what your team meetings are for. Are for. Make sure you're having effective ones. That's what project plans are for and timelines are for and getting creative minds together, your team. That's what that's for. They will figure out the how-to as they go, but we're only going to know the first probably three or four or five steps just to get it going. So imagine if your three-year vision is the destination and you're going to plug that destination into your GPS system and you get into the car and you turn the car on and you press on your GPS screen, start. And then you've got to put your car in drive and you've got to know how to get to the very next step. And my GPS only tells me the very next step to go. You know, the little voice that tells you where to turn next that little voice is only going to tell me what's what do I do next? And, and when do I do it? In half a mile, you are going to turn right on XYZ Road. But I'm not going to hear from her again until I get to the next point where I've got to either exit off or make a left turn or a right turn or detour. Now, you are going to go down some detours. This is why you're not creating the how-to and the details in the Vivid Vision, because it's not going to look perfect. You are going to have twists and turns and pauses, and you're going to have to slam on brakes, maybe. You're going to have to go through terrain that you didn't want to go through. You're going to have to maybe go around a mountain. Maybe you have to take some back roads. Then maybe you get to speed up. Maybe you hit a bunch of green lights for a few hours in a row. You know, your whole journey is going to look like that as well, but you've got to, you've got to get the car in motion. And what few things do you need to know to get that car in motion? So, uh, I hope that you found a lot of value from this episode. I know that, especially if you're a solopreneur and you've got just a couple of people helping you on your team, you may be thinking, well, of course I'm the founder. But my question to you is, are you acting like a founder? Are you thinking like a founder? Are you believing like a founder? Are you speaking like a founder? Because if you're not thinking like a founder, then I guarantee you, you are mired down in the details and the weeds and the day-to-day operations of your business. And unless you start thinking differently and thinking like a founder, the law of the founder is at work, whether you're thinking about it or not, whether you believe it or not, it's like a law. The law of the founder is always functioning, whether you're on board with it or not. So Get really clear on who the founder is. And if it's you, it's you, but get really clear on what your role is. And when you start thinking and believing like the founder, you're going to start making decisions like a founder or else here's what will happen. Your business will be in the same place five years from now as it is today. And I am someone who experienced that when I was a solopreneur and had a small team, my company was tracking on this at the same place every single year for a number of years in a row. We were serving lots of people every year, 
but we weren't necessarily making any more money. We weren't really advancing every year. We were doing really, really well. There was nothing to complain about. We were doing exceptionally well, but it was staying the same. And it's because I wasn't clear on this law at that time. So get clear on the law of the founder. Definitely go. I highly recommend grabbing the book, Vivid Vision. You can click that link in the show notes. And if you found any value from this episode, if you love this episode, please leave us a review. That helps us know what you're enjoying. Reference this episode. Tell us what episode you really love. Tell us what episode you're leaving a review about. That really helps us know what type of content to bring you again. And it also helps increase our listenership. And also, if you've got friends, clients, family members, colleagues, and peers that would really enjoy listening to this episode, be sure to share it with them because it is only through you that we are able to increase our listenership to our Built to Last show. All right. Until next time, make sure you design a business and a life that is built to last. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.